Hello friends, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, Lonesome Road Ministry, and we're getting ready to have Church on the Road. Hey, we're bringing a church to you right where you're at, in the cab. And we do it in a lot of different ways. We have a radio program, LonesomeRoadRadio.com. We have podcasts. We have CD ministry. We also have a telephone conference line. So log on to LonesomeRoad.org for our podcast and to order some of our CDs. And if you'd like to listen in on our conference line, we get together every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Mountain Time, and 3 p.m. Pacific Time. Just dial this number, 727-731-5062. So buckle up and come right along with us. We're going to have church on the road. I'm driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day I gotta see I gotta look around I got diesel smoke rolling From two chrome stacks My address is 408-414 A big blue Mac Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day Awesome program for you today. We got Jim and Ann Davenport, JA Ministries. So I want you to do me a favor and give them a call at 281 636 5100 
as you listen to the program today. Here's Ann Webb Davenport with Come Let Us Celebrate. Let us sell. 
I'm going to share my testimony with you in song. I wrote this in tribute to the pastor that won me to the Lord, and this is just how it happened. Standing in my yard one day Drinking my old bud Had a hole in my hand I was digging in the mud When I saw a car Coming down the street He turned in my driveway And when he got out He was dressed real neat And then I heard him say won't you come and go with me to hear about God's word? I'm the preacher down the street, and this is what he heard. No, thank you, preacher. I'm doing just fine, drinking my old bud. And when it comes to church, I draw the line, and I kept digging in the mud. But he wouldn't give up, he kept coming day by day. Every time that he'd get out, this is what he'd say. Won't you come and go with me to hear about God's word? I'm the preacher down the street, and this is what he heard. I told you, preacher, I'm a man of my own. I don't need you coming here I'll just sit at home alone Drinking my old beer But he wouldn't give up Kept coming day by day And every time that he'd get out This is what he'd say Won't you come and go with me To hear about God's word I'm the preacher down the street this is what he heard. I can't go to church with you, but sissy, I would be. And every time my friends came by, well, they would laugh at me. The very next time that he came by, he didn't invite me to go. Instead, he said something else. And he began real slow. He said, Jim, I wonder, would it take more courage to go down to the corner and have a beer with your friend, or to stand on that very same corner and tell them about Jesus and how his love began? So you see, my friend, a sissy you won't be. It takes a man to serve the Lord. I hope that you will see. When he was gone and I was alone drinking my old beer, I got to thinking about his words. They brought a little cheer. Well, I knew I was hooked on the words he said. The preacher had done his job. I went to church that Sunday morn to hear more about the man called God. I thank you, preacher, for not giving up on this old sinful man. Because you were out doing your job, I'm headed 
for the promised land Won't you come and go with me? I was the drunkard down the street But now that I know what the Lord can do Life can be so sweet I was blind, but now I see Um, I was in uh, a little church there in Needville, Texas, and um, they were singing a song. And um, the song was about, all I heard was a phrase, really. It was about uh, the, the scars of Jesus, how they were healing scars. And um, the Lord just began to speak to my spirit. And, and uh, I spoke it out and shared with the, with the church what the Lord had said. And, and later he gave me this song, but um, you know, just like Jesus on the cross received scars on his body and they beat him and all, we get healing, right, from those scars. The scars of Jesus bring healing to us because of what he went through for us. We're healed. And the same way, we have an opportunity when we get hurt, when we get bruised, we can do one of, one of two things. We can either take it in and and uh, be selfish and have hard feelings or whatever, and it can almost destroy us or can destroy us. Or we can give it to Jesus and we can ask him to use our pains, to use our hurts and our bruises to help someone else. And when we go through something and we're able to go through victorious, people are watching and it helps them, right? And we can heal others. Others can be healed by the, not only the scars of Jesus, but with our scars. And that's what this song's about. They led Jesus from the garden Where he had prayed alone Crucified the Savior, rejected by his own. But it pleased the Father to bruise him. He could see down in her hearts. He knew someday that we'd be saved. There'd be
text today is going to be in several places, but the main one's going to be in Matthew, if you want to turn there, Matthew chapter 20. And while you're turning to that, I want to just kind of remind you of a few other stories before I get to that. And um, the this, this title today, I think, unless Gary changes it, and he can do that, <laughs> he has comes up with better title, titles than I do. What can I do? What can I do? What kind of uh, talents and abilities has God given me, and what does he require of me? And I'm going to start it off by talking about the little lady with that, that put in the two mites. And this is not about giving money, even though it can be, just whatever God tells you to do, but that's not what the message is about. But this, you remember the story, Jesus, Jesus was actually watching the treasury that day, watching people put money in. And a lot of people were there rich, and they put in a whole lot of money. <laughs> and this is found in Mark 12, 42, if you want to jot it down, look at it later. But this little poor widow gave all she had, and it was just two mites. I looked that up, and it's about 3.75 cents, less than four pennies is what she threw into the treasury. And Jesus said she gave more than all. You know what? I believe Jesus, I believe he has a different scales than we do. We weigh stuff out like, okay, I measure this measure for that measure, but I'll show you hopefully, and, and I'm sure you already know that God don't measure things the same way we do. He did not look at all, and I'm sure he blessed and thought it was wonderful that all these rich people threw in a lot of money, and they get their rewards, but He's focused and, and, and bragged on her and brought this attention to his disciples. He said, this poor little widow gave more than all of them because she gave all she could. Amen? All right, and another story I want to just relate to a little bit is um, the little boy's lunch. And I just jotted it down here. I'm not even really sure where it's found, but... Uh, Jesus was about to feed thousands and thousands of people, and there was a little boy, and you know the story many, many, many times you've read it and taught on it probably. But a little boy just had a little lunch, and he gave it to Jesus, and Jesus multiplied it and fed the thousands. And he did that on two occasions. The little boy gave what he could, didn't he? And he went home with more than he came with, by the way. I love that story. And then there's a story of the talents. We find that in Matthew 25, 14. And he, it says the master was going off and taking a journey, and he gave to his servants different talents, and I like this, according to their ability. God looks at our ability. We're not all able to do the same thing, right? We don't have all the same talents. We don't have all the same gifts. But he requires of us what we are able to do. And I, I, I think that's really neat because um, as he gave these talents, he gave one five talents. And they multiplied it, went out, turned it into ten. And Jesus, when he came back, he commended him. Well done, well done. Because he did something with those five. Again, the two went out, he doubled it. The Lord rewarded him, told him, well done. But he gave one, just one talent, just one talent. And what did he do? He went and dug a, a pit and <laughs> dug a, a hole and buried it. 
He did nothing with it. He probably, perhaps, I don't know, the Bible don't say, but maybe he thought that's not worth anything. We do know one thing he thought. He thought his master was a hard taskmaster. And uh, sowing where he didn't, didn't uh, reaping where he didn't sow. And he said, I knew you to be a hard taskmaster. And you know what Jesus said unto him? You knew that I was that, and you should have. You know what? God gave him what he thought. The Lord never said that he was a hard taskmaster. He just said, you, you thought I was. So, so, pretty much so be it unto you. So he was cast into utter darkness because he hid his master's talent and did nothing with it. And are we guilty of that? What can we do? What do we have that we're holding back? Hopefully nothing. <laughs> And you know about the sheep and the goats. I love this. I wrote a song about this. You ministered unto me. And Jesus said one day in glory, he will separate the sheep from the goats. <laughs> right? And the sheep he'll put on his right side and the goats on the left. And he said, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty. You gave me drink. I was naked and you clothed me. I was a stranger I was sick, I was in prison, on and on. And he said, they said, Lord, when did we do that? He said, when you did it unto the least of these, you did it unto me. So God rewards him for what he's doing. And then there's the goats on the other side. And he said, I was hungry and you wouldn't give me food. And I was naked and you wouldn't clothe me. And on down the line, they said, Lord, when did we see you that way? He said, when you fail to do it unto the least, see, see, God's keeping a record of what we do according to our abilities. And so um, I remember, you know, a lot of people have this attitude, well, what can I do? I can't, I can't change things. And I thought this myself a few years back, or well, quite a few years back right now, uh, maybe 20 years ago. I had gone into a little convenience store next door. We have the storage place that we manage, and, and I had gone into this little convenience store, and, and I saw these young children, young, young boys, in there reading porno magazines. They were just out on the stand, because they, they sold them open then, just out on the stands. And kids would come in there, and they'd just go through these magazines and just read them at, at liberty. And that really bothered me. I said, God... Something needs to be done. Somebody needs to do something about this. <laughs> and, and I just felt like, well, what can I do? I can't do anything. I have no ability to, to make a difference in something like that. There's nothing that I can do. I said, God, if there was something I could do, I'd do it. And the Lord says, you pray. You pray. I'll open the door. And I began to pray. And I said, I, that's like praying for a mountain to be removed. You know, it's like, what can I do about that? And the Lord began to speak to me and reminded me that I had a, a friend on the, on the city council. And I thought, you know, that's true. And he's a Christian. I think I'll just go and visit him and just tell him, you know, just ask him if there's anything that maybe he could do. So I found out when they were going to meet, meet next, and I went to the city council, and I told them, you know, what was happening. I said, there, looks, there should be something. This is a small town, and, and I know, you know, there's, there's only so much, but couldn't you come up with an ordinance, something that would take these magazines out of the hands of children, maybe put them behind the counter at least? Well, there was another man there that he was actually a deacon in a church there, and he owned a... a um, 
a pharmacy in a little store, and he got really offended, you know, at first. He said, well, I have trouble somebody telling me what I can and I cannot sell in my store. And I said, well, you know, sir, I'm not trying to tell you what you can sell, but wouldn't it be better, you know, if you're not selling them to these kids because they're not of age to buy them, but you're allowing them to read them for free. Wouldn't it be better if you put them behind the counter and, and someone had to ask for them, and then the children wouldn't see them, and you wouldn't be contributing to the delinquency of a minor? He said, you know what? You've got something there. And they came up with the city council, um, came up with the city ordinance, and it and it began to mushroom and go all around. And later on, not only did they put them behind the counter, they took them out from behind the counter, but they had them in bags. And I don't know, you know, how far-reaching that was, but the Lord said, you do what you can do. You know, you do what you can do. And I couldn't do much, but I talked to somebody who could. See, we don't know what God's got planned, and we don't know what, what God can do with just the least little thing. The Lord really quickened this to me yesterday as I was, went in there and uh, uh, Gary's mother and dad were putting the CDs in the envelopes. And um, she, she, I don't know that, I don't think I'm, I'm betraying a confidence, but she said that her husband had gotten kind of discouraged. You know, age, we get discouraged when we get a little older. And it's like we feel like when we get that age, we think there's not much we can do, you know, and it's just... You know, what, what good are we? And I began to talk with them, you know, and the Lord just began to quicken all these scriptures to me that what you're doing is very important. You're doing what you can do. Gary's mom said he brings thousands sometimes over to my house, and I sit there and watch TV, and I just put them in those envelopes. And I said, do you realize how many, you know, Gary could not put out 18,000 CDs if somebody didn't stiff, stuff them in the envelopes. If he had to do that too, he and, and Linda, if they had to do that too, they probably couldn't put out half as many, could they? Or whatever. And so I thought, that's important. Then I go in there today, and these, this other precious couple that, um, that work in there, uh, Sandra and, and, how you pronounce your name? Birdie. Birdie. <laughs> okay. You know, and they say, we not only stuff these in here, but we pray over them. And I said, man, that's the, that's the greatest thing. And, you know, you got everybody cannot do the very same thing, but we can all do what we can do to get the gospel out. I mean, Bob founded this, and he puts finances that God's trusted him with to start this. But he don't have time to do all this stuff. Gary comes along with a burden, God-given burden to do this, and he, you know, through that, he's able to, to do 18,000, but he couldn't do that if other people weren't putting them in the sleeves. And how many people touch those? How many hands does that have to go through? How many people praying over them? And then, then somebody else has got to distribute them here, and then, then they're distributed there, and somebody else goes there. Well, I just want to share with you a little story. This happened to me. I was on my way to one of my mission trips to Romania, and I've been there seven times. And, and of course, I'm not well off, and, and I have to, I'd go and minister at churches, and I'd tell them about my trip, you know, and whatever CDs I'd sell or whatever, I, I'd just accumulate to take, to pay for my trip, right? Usually the Lord would bring it all in. And um, they were taking up a special offering for me, and they said, you know, she's going to Romania. And this little old lady about the third row over took out this little bag of pennies, 
And she brought it over to me, special. And she said, I want to seed this. And I did not want to take her money. I wanted to give that back to her and give her some extra of mine. That's what I wanted to do. And the Lord said, don't you dare. That's, that's what she can do. And I took that little bag all the way with me, and I made sure I used it just specially for something on the trip and all. But he said, this is what I, I wanted to share with you. He said, don't you reject that. He said, because every penny and every prayer and everybody that helps you on this trip, and no matter what it is, they can just pray, they can just do whatever, people helping you with the CDs and whatever, every one of them will share equally in the rewards when they get to heaven. Every soul, and we had concerts where they, 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 they would accept Jesus by the thousands, said every soul that little lady with that little purse full of pennies gets an equal share. Not, not me, because I was doing the singing and getting all the blessings. That wasn't it. But that every single person, God measures it different. God measures it different. You remember the story about um, the, uh, um, the people who came into work. And Jesus said, he was hiring people, and one he hired early in the day. You remember that story? And he promised him a penny, you know. And somebody else, th three, three hours later in the day, he saw somebody else standing around with nothing to do, no work, nothing, and he hired him. The sixth hour, he did the same thing. Seventh hour, all the way up to the eleventh hour. To the eleventh hour. And then when it was over, he calls them in the first, the last first, <laughs> and he gives them all equal wages. And you know what? It would be just like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this in a first person part. It would just be what happened that then was kind of like what would happen if Bob was this kind of person or Gary was this kind of person. I'm glad I know they're not so I can use them as examples. <laughs> if Bob would have said, hey, wait a minute, because that's what that one guy said. Wait, you know, he said, wait a minute, I'm... I'm the one that founded this thing. I'm, I'm the one that got this started. I, I, I financed this, you know. I, I should get the greater reward. Or Gary said, hey, man, I sweat all day long making those CDs, me and Linda. And we, we work hard. And I have to answer the phone from every person that calls and, and all these people, you know. I worked a lot longer. People putting sleeves that's all they can do. They can't do Gary's job. They can't do Bob's job. They can't do that truck driver's job. Do you see? Everybody working together. We're going to win those souls. Amen. Everybody doing according to their ability. Because that's all God requires. Is our ability. What can I do? And it's never too small. Or it's never too large. If God's in it. He will bless equally. Don't you like that? Isn't that great? That's the way our God works. I'm going to read now, just finish this up in chapter uh, 20. I, I think I already told this story, but I'm going to read it. <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that's his householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. 
And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And when they went their way, again he went out with the sixth and the ninth and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle and said unto them, Why do you stand here this day idle? And he said unto them, Because no man hires us. God put them busy, gave them the same rewards. What about, what about that person that picks up a CD <laughs> on the gas pump or in the restroom? Because, boy, we leave them everywhere, and so does a lot of other people. Or the, the truck driver goes into a cafe, and he says, Hey, man, this is a great testimony. I think you should listen to it. I think it will bless you. And that person, you know, they think, oh, it's not much I can do, you know. Give out a CD. But that person accepts Jesus. Then that person gets on the telephone, calls Gary Rayburn, and says, I just accepted the Lord. Gary's rejoicing. Hey, praise the Lord. You know? But he couldn't have done it without that little man giving that one CD out to that person. Right? Couldn't happen. Couldn't happen without people putting them in sleeves and praying over them. Couldn't happen unless somebody's helping to finance. People's giving their offerings and sending what they can in. Wouldn't happen because God takes all of our collectible, collected abilities to reach that lost. And there, we're at the 11th hour. We are at the 11th hour. And we need to be saying, God, what can I do? What can I do? How can I help reach somebody? Just maybe all you can do is take a handful of CDs, give them out free. That's all you can do. Souls have been won into the kingdom. God's got a plan. and He's working it all together with all of us doing what we can, our ability. He don't expect you to do Bob's job. He don't expect you to do Gary's and Linda's job. He don't expect you to do my job. He expects you to do what you can do. And you know what? What about the little crippled, paralyzed person that just laying flat in the bed? Do you know what? If they couldn't do anything else, they could pray. And prayer is more important than all of these ministries put together. You know, that's how God works. Because none of this would work if people weren't praying. You see, it's all important. Just like the body of Christ, and we have the examples. It says, you know, everybody can't be a head. Everybody can't be an ear, an eye, nose. You know, and some parts that you don't talk about are more important to the body than anything else. See, God looks at everything different than the way we look at, God, look at things. And so when we all get to heaven, it's not going to be who put out the most work, who put out the most money. Who put out the most time? You got these labors coming in. It's going to be who did what they were, had ability to do and God told them to do it. That's how we rewarded. And thank God. Just I pray God help me do what you want me to do. What can I do and help me to do it to the best of my ability to get the kingdom in? Praise the Lord.
just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to. One day a preacher friend of mine Was driving down near the county line Near the tavern he got an awful shock A well-known car in the parking lot The preacher parked his car, went right in He sat down at the bar next to a friend While fighting back a bitter tear preacher said, son, why are you here? Please come on home to those who care. There is no shame. The cross won't bear. Just as you are, son, come on home. Your family is waiting. For you, son, faith in Jesus will set you free. There's no shame, the cross won't bear. The next Sunday morning. My preacher friend preached his heart, painting a picture of sin when he finally gave an altar call. The people were kneeling wall to wall. The prodigal son confessed his sins at that blessed altar of prayer. The family's one now, praising God. All the preacher could do was cry and nod. Friend, have you met God at the altar of prayer? There is no shame. The cross won't bear. Just as you are, sinner friend, your blessed Savior waits for you. Your sin, he will set you free. There's no shame, the cross won't bear. Friend, have you met Jesus at the altar of prayer? There is no shame that the cross won't bear. Just as I am 
many a conflict and many a doubt, fightings and fears within, without a land of God. I died right now, do you know if you would go to heaven? If you were standing at the gates and the angel asked you, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? Do you know the answer? There is only one answer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus is the doorway to heaven. Acts 2.21 says, It shall be that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. <laughs> because if thou shalt confess with thy mouth Jesus is Lord, and shalt believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's Romans 10.9. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. That's the way. That's the road map to get out of any situation that you're in. And that's to confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you can do that. Anybody can do that. There might be somebody right now listening to this CD. And they might be ready right now to find their way out of this darkness that they're in. Out of this pit. And if they'll just... Pray a little simple prayer right now with me. God is going to save you. Just say, Heavenly Father, I invite Jesus Christ into my life as my Lord, as my Savior. I believe Jesus died for my sins. His blood was shed so that I could be forgiven. And I believe that he has been raised from the dead. I surrender my life to you, Jesus, and I accept you as my Lord from this moment forward. I receive the forgiveness of sin through your shed blood, Jesus. Take out my old heart. Lord, give me a new heart, a new spirit, a new life, and I will follow you with your help, by your grace, all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. God's final call at the highway cafe. He slipped into the highway cafe one bitter cold night. He sat alone. He asked for a cup of soup, a ragged man who had no home. She's been a waitress for 20 years. She's seen every kind of man in her day. She always shares her love of Jesus Christ with the folks at the Highway Cafe. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. 
The man at the highway cafe. He said, Waitress, I have no money. Best call the police and turn me in. But first, may I have more soup? I haven't ate since I can't remember when. She smiled and poured another cup. And then she said, Mister, I have food for your soul. Please give your heart to Jesus and allow him full control. Softly and tenderly, Jesus was calling the man at the highway cafe. He sipped soup in the highway cafe. He said, I don't want to sound mean, but I've rejected Jesus Christ and the rescue mission scene. She watched him leave the highway cafe. Silently, the waitress began to pray. Why has this man hardened his heart? Then she heard the crash on the highway. A soul lost today For Jesus stopped calling The man at the highway cafe He never saw the speedy car The angel of death took his lost soul The waitress shed a lonely tear for the man who turned away God's final call at the highway cafe Well friends, we hope you've enjoyed today's program and we want to thank you for letting us ride along with you and if you would like to get some more of our programming you can log on to lonesomeroad.org go to the Ways to Listen page and uh, broadcast from the past. And you can download and listen on your phone or Bluetooth it into your vehicles from our webpage. Hey, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn. And remember, God loves you. And we here at Lonesome Road Ministry, hey, we love you too. We'll talk at you later.
Friends, if you prayed and asked Jesus Christ into your heart, then we want you to give us a call. Our phone number is 618-383-2107, and we're going to end today's program like we end most of our programs. That's with my testimony in song that I wrote with the help of my songwriting partner, Tom Caldwell. And now we've got a new songwriting partner, Dennis McKay, and he has helped us with this song and brought it up to a new level. Here's... Dennis McKay with At the Foot of the Tree off of our brand new CD, Lonesome Road, Volume 1. And yes, you'll be able to get a copy of this CD by calling us, 618-383-2107. Here's Dennis McKay with At the Foot of the Tree. Lost without hope Eighteen wheels of lonesome At the end of the road In my hand was a track The preacher had read His words still echoing In the back of my head I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past I called his name This chance would it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees To 
met Jesus at the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome, so long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree Road, and I shared the good news wherever I go. Yes, there's been a change. I'm not the man I used to be, and I tell everybody what's happened to me. How I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past, but I called his name. This chance, could it be my last? Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree And I lifted up my heart from down on my knees Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome Lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree. Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree. I lifted up my heart from down on my knees. Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross. Broken hearted and lonesome. So long I'd been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Drivers, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road Radio, and we want to hear from you. Give us a shout. Our phone number is 618-383-2107 or log on to lonesomeroad.org. And if you can't give us a call, then just blow your air horn as you're driving by.
it down, make no time. But I gotta keep a rolling. Those windshield wipers flapping out of tempo, keeping perfect rhythm with the song on the radio. But I gotta keep a rolling. Tempo, keeping perfect rhythm with the song on the 